Hi, Marika. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, yeah, so tell me a little bit more about yourself and uh, the Kundalini Yoga School. Uh, yeah, so my name is Marika. I'm from the Netherlands and I have been teaching Kundalini Yoga since 2012. Um, and about, oh, it's almost five years ago, ago now. Yeah, five years ago, I started an online yoga platform together with my partner, Tim, uh, with Kundalini Yoga videos of uh, yoga sets, meditations, mm -hmm. to support people who would like to uh, yeah, start a daily practice at home or for people who are not necessarily living close to a yoga studio or whatsoever, um, but mostly to, to inspire people to start to incorporate a daily yoga and meditation practice into their lives because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, from our own experience, that is so transformative, and we we love to share that with other people. So that's the reason why we we went online uh, about five years ago, and we have been recording videos all over the world because we love traveling, and that's also one of the reasons we decided to go for an online platform because then you're not tied to a specific place, but you can actually go all over the world and connect with people from anywhere which is the beautiful advantage of all this technology we have right now. So yeah, we started uh, in 2016 and now five years down the line, we are reaching people all over the globe and that's so beautiful. Uh, we are actually doing a sadhana right now, which means sadhana means your daily spiritual practice, which, what, which people can sign up to. And we literally have people from all over the globe practicing together and sharing their experiences in the community yeah and it's a really great feeling to know that we're in this together and mm -hmm. that we support each other to elevate and to grow and to expand in awareness yeah oh, that's so beautiful that is so beautiful and for um people who are just starting out with kundalini um what would you say is really uh, the fundamental basics of the practice what's the history behind the practice um and where are we sitting right now Okay, so that's actually three questions. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we can roll into them. I will start with answering the first one. So what is characteristic about Kundalini Yoga? Uh, well, to take it from my personal experience, what really, um, first, it kind of like put me off because I was like, what, what kind of weird stuff are these people doing? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, when I tried it myself, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, it's not like it's different than what people normally think yoga looks like. I mean, there is classical asanas or postures that you do, but there is there are many different layers added to that. So we work a lot with the breath. We work a lot with uh, repetitive movements uh, with the arms and with the legs. Uh, that don't necessarily require you to be flexible, but you need to, yeah, it really demands uh, your um, demands something from your determination and your willpower to actually do it because it can be quite challenging. Um, so they, these kind of exercises, they really build your stamina and your perseverance very quickly. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of chanting. So you use the voice a lot, mm. which is 
not very common in other practices. Of course, there is invocations at this, at, for some practices in the beginning of a class or at the end. But in Kundalini Yoga, uh, there is a lot of use of the voice even throughout the practice. So you mm. combine, for example, the movement of your hands with the chanting of a mantra, or you stay in a specific posture for, let's say, 10 minutes and you chant a mantra whilst you stay in the posture. And I think you can understand that uh, when it's, I mean, we are in our, our day and age right now, we are, we, our attention span is becoming shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. Like the whole society, the whole internet uh, reality that we live in right now is based upon, okay, come, it comes and it goes and it goes quick. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to share a message online, the, the marketing experts tell you, you make sure that you tell it within, I don't know how many mm. seconds, because otherwise you're swiped mm. away already. Mm. Well, there's actually so, this recent research that's done that says that uh, the current uh, memory span or attention span is that of a goldfish. We are actually shorter <laughs> than a goldfish. A goldfish can hold it for nine, uh, nine seconds. Or, and I think we're sitting on about seven. Okay, well, there's work to do there. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, do continue. I do apologize. Yeah, so what, what you are confronted with a lot in Kundalini Yoga is your own perceived limitations. So, for example, you sit with your arms stretched out to the side, super simple posture, but not if you need to keep it there for five, seven, ten minutes. Then you're really meeting all these different resistances and, of course, the physical discomfort uh, and then if you add like a breath to that or a mantra, it can really quickly help you to release a lot of build up tension, emotions, feelings that maybe were beneath the surface for a long time. They can't, you can't contain these things anymore. So it's very, very purging. It really helps to, to release a lot of yeah, energy because emotions and feelings and thoughts are also energy forms. Mm. Uh, you can release those so you're like clearing yourself from within so you can open up for new possibilities that's really how it feels for me for me personally for example when I first started to practice kundalini uh, I was having this sense of like anger within me that I couldn't really pinpoint why I was feeling it but it was there like underneath the surface and I didn't know how to get rid of it mm-hmm. <laughs> or how to yeah how to um, work with it so that I could release it mm-hmm. and within the kundalini yoga practice I really found a way to channel that anger uh, in a way that actually it didn't the energy didn't deplete me anymore but I could def- transform the energy and it actually gave me a lot of strength and a lot of power to to manifest the life uh, that I'm living right now so oh, that's yeah so beautiful that's so beautiful because so many times people have that sort of um, those feelings and then they push them onto another person. So you'll like yell yeah. at another person or be angry and you don't really understand why. And sometimes people yes. will say, oh, well, it's because you left the clothes on the floor or something. And that's actually not the reason. It's because that no. built up energy is inside of you. So that's so cool that you can actually uh, vent it and, and really let it flow through your body. Yeah. So that was your first question. <laughs> Characteristics <laughs> of Kundalini Yoga. And your second was? Um, So I think we're also going into... um, The history. Yes, yes, the history of Kundalini and where it's kind of leading up to at this moment. 
um, yeah. between a divide. So that's a, that's a very interesting topic. Um, Kundalini yoga, as it's known in the West, most commonly right now, is uh, has been um, put forth into the world or put into the world by a man called Yogi Bhajan or Har Bhajan Singh from India, who moved to uh, the Western Hemisphere uh, at the end of the 60s and started to uh, share this kind of practices with people uh, over there. And he, it, it really created a momentum. There were a lot, of, a lot of people attracted to this practice because there were many people in that time that were looking for uh, answers, mm-hmm. ways to expand their consciousness. This was during the, you know, the Vietnam War and there was this whole big shift happening about make love, not war, you know, that, mm-hmm. that epoch. Uh, and many people were experiencing, uh, experimenting with, um, how do you say, mind-expanding uh, mm. drugs and, and yeah. yeah, exactly. So he was like offering people another uh, alternative. That was the idea behind it. And it attracted a lot of people. Uh, so it became quite a big organization and what he did actually almost from the start is he started to train people to become teachers Mm. so that they could teach others and that's why over time now there are kundalini yoga teachers literally all over the world and um, yeah and the one of the big um, core things in kundalini yoga was that everything, all the practices that he shared were all written down in the beginning. Then they were videotaped when there was more like that technology around. Mm-hmm. So all, everything that he passed on was like documented. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, when you're trained as a Kundalini Yoga teacher, you're actually taught to not change anything in the way he taught it back in the day. So for many years, um, I've, me and my partner, we taught in this way also because we could feel that the practice was valid for us. It really brought a, a brought very clear results. Mm. Um, and we've been we were on this path for about ten years, and then last year uh, there was a lady called um, Oh my God! Now I'm like blank. <laughs> uh, a woman. I will. Her name will draw, come back to yeah, to my on. consciousness in just a sec. She published a book, uh, "White Bird in a Golden Cage." Um, about uh, in where in which she explains her her life near Yogi Bhajan that was about she was with him for about 12 years as his personal secretary right Mm -hmm. from the beginning and she was actually involved with him she had a relationship with him whilst he was married Mm -hmm. well of course these things can happen I mean Mm -hmm. uh, we are human beings and Mm -hmm. if there is consent there for me that's not such a big issue these Mm -hmm. yeah it's not nice to cheat on your wife, but I mean, <laughs> he's not the is. only one who did that. Exactly. Uh, but then because of this, uh, because through the publish- publishing of this book, there was like, I think the time was right for it after the Me Too movement that we've experienced in the past years. So many things can now be expressed that were uh, for a long time kept in the taboo mm. atmosphere or people weren't believed or people mm. didn't want to listen to them because it was too uncomfortable but now, because we've been through these things already for a couple of years, this book like opened the door and the whole avalanche of um, people uh, 
Sparked testify, out. testify, mm. sharing their stories of abuse mm. by the hand of Yogi Bhajan. And having a sexual relationship while you're married is one thing, but abuse is something totally different. Yeah. And yeah. I was feeling super, super, uh, uh, yeah, upset, kind of betrayed, <laughs> yeah, angry, betrayed, like all mm. these emotions came to the surface because, yeah, he's someone that you like put your trust in and mm. you follow the guidelines of the practice and the practice is really beautiful. But then mm. how could he be doing that whilst at the same time, you know, all mm. these questions come to the surface and uh, me and my partner, we decided to really take a break and not teach. And this was at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, oh, what a, what a turning point for you guys. Like your foundation, yeah. you know. Wow. A really big, big turning point. And it was so weird because, you know, we were just like at home. Uh, we actually were on a journey in Nepal, which we had to stop. We had to go back. All the participants had to return home as well. And we were arrived, we arrived at home and you saw all these yoga teachers like offering their classes online, practice with me online, online mm. this, online mm. that. And we just felt like, <gasps> no, we too can't. much. We can't share anything right now. We are too upside down. Mm. We need to process this first. So yeah, we went through a big, big process and we really took the time to, to feel and to digest and to express our emotions and to yeah to be really honest about it as well mm. we really shared our process with the people who were who are part of our school and um yeah for some people you know they were just like yeah well that's that's the man and then there's his teachings mm. but for uh, for me it wasn't so easy to just separate the two mm. um, because i felt like, okay, if you're really committed to do these practices... You would never do that. ...in an expanded state of awareness, mm. why would you hurt another person? Mm. Mm. How can that happen? <laughs> because you're releasing that light. It's like you are pure light, you know, and you are emanating yeah. light into the universe. And so, therefore, you could never bring that darkness because that is... You, you just cannot do that. No, I completely understand. That's crazy. Well, yeah, that's an interesting... That was a big question for me, but then... One morning, I had a big epiphany about, um, you know, for example, if, if you listen to a musician who mm -hmm. plays the most beautiful music that really touches you deeply and brings mm. tears to your eyes, opens your heart, they have a big, big talent to like bring catharsis, mm. touch people, la la la, move their soul. Mm. This person can go home and beat his wife be a complete mm. asshole, mm. but he can bring beauty and be uh, an arse at the same time. So we live in a world of polarity. These two things can exist together. Mm. But uh, so this made me look at it from a different perspective. So I started to look at the, the yoga sets, not as, as music, like it's a specific melody he created with different ingredients, like mm. different tones, different notes. And he created a specific melody with that. That I don't want to play his melody anymore. Mm. But I do recognize the power of the notes. Mm. So I started to look at it from this way, saying, okay, I can identify the notes mm -hmm. and start to create my own music. 
mm. from my own pure heart, from my uh, awareness, from mm. my experience, from mm. my intuition. And I think ultimately that's the, the goal of the game. How can we grow and expand if we are supposed to follow certain mm. rules and not go beyond the, the limits that were imposed at a certain time? Mm. I can recognize the beauty of that for a certain amount because you're, you don't know, you have to learn. So you learn within a specific frame, mm. but at the, there, then you can reach a moment when that frame doesn't no longer affect you anymore. Yeah. yeah. And actually to make the next leap in your growth, in mm. your transformation, you need to break out of that frame and really start to trust yourself. Yes, yes, so, love and that. I think, yeah, and I think that's really where we are in this day and age. Mm. We've been looking outside of ourselves for so many years, centuries, for people to tell us what to do, mm. to give us the answers, to guide us. And like, yeah, b- some, somehow thus believing that we, we can't do that ourselves. And I think mm. this time is now really about, okay, stop looking outside of yourself yeah. and start trusting yourself yes. again. Yeah. So, the answers are always within you, always, always. Yeah. And when you look at any of the great leaders, they've always built that you always build on your foundational, you know, no great leader is just born. They've always been taught by other people. But like you said, expand. Yes. It's not yes. the dogma. It's not following something that has been because it has always been. So that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant what you're doing. Thanks. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun also. I mean, now I'm really uh, looking at, at everything that we're working with. And it's like all of a sudden, like this lit has also opened in my mind. And so much information is coming through. So ah. much inspiration about like an intuitive understanding why this is supposed to be there and then it should be followed with that. So yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a game changer and it's really beautiful. Ah, absolutely, absolutely stunning. I love that. I absolutely love it because I, <laughs> I really, really believe with every inch of my, and I've experienced myself, the more you look within, the more your world actually starts to change because you are, like you, like you said, you no longer focusing on the external, trying to compete or trying to look at, okay, well, if I look like this, then it will work. No, it's looking within and watching as it completely expands outwards. And if you so happen to find that this person who created these foundations, he may have not practiced necessarily, you know, he didn't practice emanating that light and love. You can be that then. Be that yourself. Know within yourself that you are holding that beacon of light and love and know that your practices are holding that beacon of light and love because you are living and breathing that. And you are emanating that. You're not waiting for somebody else to emanate that. That's you. And then people yeah, will follow that and express that too. Yeah. And also within that light, uh, recognize your shadows. Mm. Recognize mm. The dark parts that need to be tend to, that need to be healed or mm. expressed. Because that's another thing that I really fully uh, saw is that if we deny the dark side, we're mm. living in some kind of an illusion mm. because there's always darkness. Mm. And then you're like looking in the opposite direction, <laughs> pretending this is not there, but that's not the reality. Mm. It's both there. Mm. So I feel our practices are meant to bring in the light. Mm. So there is so much light. We can allow the darkness to come in too. Mm. So the darkness can, can transform us, teach us, touch mm. us, uh, 
and we are we and then we learn to to hold the polarities mm. if you're pretending there's no darkness or there shouldn't be any darkness it's it's an illusion because there is mm. in mm. this in this three-dimensional world mm. Um, do, do you think that there yeah. would be any way that you could, um, you know, for my own teachings, the more that I'm starting to do that shadow work within myself, I'm bringing light to that and I'm allowing that to heal. So I'm allowing myself to hold that and nurture that and say, you know, it's okay that this is coming out, but then why is this coming out? And the more self-reflection I'm doing, the more that part seems to soften. And like you were saying before, with that energy of that agitation, you know, I'm finding I'm becoming less and less agitated to the people around me. Um, but in saying that, you know, you would think that once you become fully enlightened as an enlightened master, there would be no more agitation because you're stepping fully into the light. You're allowing that darkness to rise, like you were saying, but then over time, um, you know, would it not soften and would you not be emanating just complete and utter light and love? Because it's like you, you're born with love. And fear is taught. Fear is something that you learned, okay, well, if I do this, then I'll get smacked or, you know, and then, oh, this is a painful experience. Okay, let me not do that. Whereas you're born with this beautiful innocence about you. Um, and then doing practices like yoga, meditation, Kundalini is reigniting that innocence. It's letting the breath work and the movement allow you to soften. So there is no more hardness. There is no more tension. There just is. And it's in that isness that is just pure love and light. But maybe the isness is also just understanding that it's a balance of there's no good and bad, it just is. Yeah, and good I think and bad that's is an important point because, I mean, of course, there are certain behavior we can all recognize as harmful. Mm. When mm. You're forcing someone else to do something they don't want to do or when you are like looking at the yamas from uh, the Yoga Sutras. Are you aware of those, the five the, the yamas? No, no, stealing, Non-stealing, uh, non-harming, non speaking the truth, uh, non-hoarding, mm. uh, and non-attachment. Mm. I mean, the, 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 that these very basic guidelines are the, actually the foundations of yoga. Wow. Yoga, if you look at the yoga sutras, doesn't start with sit like a perfect yogi and look at the tip of your nose. <laughs> it starts with the first first principle is non-harming or actually oh, wow. respect oh. respect life that's the basic principle of yoga and i've heard beautiful teachers speak if you could just bring that principle into practice that's it if you can mm -hmm. do it but and then the other practices actually build on to that they mm -hmm. support you to become less reactive uh, more patient, mm. more open-hearted, mm. more compassionate. Mm. Um, but it starts with with that non-harming, and then of our, and then the other, actually, the other yamas are uh, attributes to that. Mm. But if mm. you just would observe yourself, okay, is what I'm going to say right now, is it harmful? Mm. Am I harming myself? Am I harming someone else? Am I mm. speaking bad about something? someone else if mm. or if i throw my my uh, trash here on the floor is it going to harm the environment you know if you would take mm. that with you that consciousness with you into your day it already changes your whole world mm. i could completely understand that oh that is uh, and you know what's interesting is just hearing that um you can see a lot of the christian uh, foundations are very similar you know where there's that exact yes. same foundational belief and it's almost like you have these universal truths 
that I really believe that every single um, different road is leading to the same pathway. You know, the do yeah, not because steal, treat others with respect. Exactly, because the all these different paths, I mean, if it's a genuine spiritual path, it will lead you towards love and love is love. <laughs> you see, that's why I'm like, you know, love is the only, th- it is, it is the only thing when you act, it's like a, a higher vibe. You feel yourself expanding when you think of love, yeah. when you act in love, you physically, you become more energized. You feel yourself expanding. I mean, yes, and I saw a very interesting uh, document of an uh, interview with, uh, with a, f- a physics. How do you say Physicist? that? In, uh, yes. Uh, she was talking about that now they have also recognized that you feel that expansiveness, expansiveness, yeah. but it actually has shown now uh, in science that also your DNA expands. Like it's like spiraled up, but when you're in this loving vibration, when you're happy, when you're joyful, the DNA literally expands. Wow. And then the so-called junk DNA that they weren't able to yep. identify what it is for. Yep. Actually, now they start to see that this junk DNA is very receptive to biophotons, to light, and you can reprogram yourself. You can start to unlock your full potential when you're in this higher vibration. Oh, that is and science is now becoming more aware of how it works. But these old ancient practices, they have been showing us the way for a long time. Wow. Wow. And for those of you who are listening, um, junk DNA. So you have, I think it's like 20% normal DNA and then something like 80% junk DNA, which previously nobody knew what it was for. It was just yeah, there. So she was even talking that, about there's 1%, only 1% of coded DNA and the other 99% was regarded... Wow. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the exact figures, but there yep. is still a lot to discover there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. No, the body is is wonderful. And actually, I read this um, really brilliant book a little while back that was called The Divine Matrix. And it goes into, um, into things like that and a lot of experiments that they've done to really back up um, what a lot of these ancient traditions have been talking about for thousands of years. Like the Bhagavad Gita, how much mm-hmm. beautiful depth that book holds um, that now a lot of epigenetics and uh, quantum physicists are trying to prove or have proven, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. So I really love that. And um, yeah. I suppose earlier I also asked upon, um, so part of the Kundalini, I've noticed a lot of um, the males and females wear the headband. Um, and I'd read that it was to keep the energy and light um, in because a lot of it gets released out of your crown chakra. So I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that and um, the shift away from that. Yeah, it's, I really dove into the history of how that came into being. Uh, and I was reading a lot of like uh, uh, firsthand experiences by people who were close to Yogi Bhajan in the beginning. So Yogi, it's important to know that Yogi Bhajan is a, a, a Sikh, which is a, a Dharmic path. Mm. Some would say it's a religion. They call it or a Dharmic path. Uh, which started a bit over 500 years ago in the northern part of India. And people in that tradition, they wear a turban. And that's out of respect for the divine. Just like the Jewish people can wear something on the crown. And then uh, Islamic in the Islam, the ladies cover their head. It's like a way to remind yourself of the oneness or the divine connection. That's the way I've been explained. And I feel that actually makes sense. Mm. It helps. It's like a a tool to help you remember who you truly are. Um, So he was wearing this turban and uh, 
Yeah, you know, when, when somebody is like very impressive, very charismatic, people want to copy uh, the way they look because mm. that's like a way to, to get closer to what is inspiring you. Mm. So people started to copy wearing the turban and also women wanted to wear the turban because if you go to India, actually, I was really surprised when I went to uh, Amritsar, which is the capital of Punjab, where you have a beautiful temple, the Golden Temple. I've been there wow. many times. I went there with my turban on. I was like, oh, <laughs> and, now I'm, and then I was like looking around I was like, hmm? all the la local ladies are most of them weren't wearing a turban so i was like what's that's weird um because i had this idea that all of them they were mm. um but actually it, it like kind of evolved that way because the the ladies back in the day they were like yeah well we also want to wear the turban so they also started to wear the turban and then over time it became like a thing mm. if you practice kundalini yoga you're supposed to wear a turban or if you don't want to wear a turban cover your head um and there is truth to that i mean it can help uh when you feel like totally spaced out it, i mean already tying your hair up when you need to concentrate and and read and work or think it can already make a difference if you mm. bring your hair up or if it's like hanging around your face it gives a different energy mm. Mm. so also when you're in a big public place with loads of people around it can you can feel more uh, contained when you wear a cap or mm. anything like that so yeah there is there is something to it but um since that whole shift happened last year i really decided to let go of it at least for now and to discover what it is like to practice without it and so far so good uh it still works <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome no because I was, I was really curious about that and I really love the um connection to the divine you know I, I really love that um always coming within you know and and, and yeah. reminding yourself of of that beauty especially in times of hardship so uh, I think that's really beautiful so for all those listening would you still recommend wearing a, a headband and um a turban while they're practicing I would what my recommendation would be is try and experience for yourself but don't wear it because you think you have to or uh, otherwise it wouldn't work because that's not true. Mm. It's all about your own experience and trust your own, your own guy, your own intuition there. Mm. If you feel attracted to it, maybe there is a benefit for you. Mm. But if you then start to believe that your meditation will only work when you wear something on your head, then it's getting a little weird. <laughs> of course, awesome. And um, in terms of breath work, because I understand that uh, both breath work and mantras and postures, like you were saying, were your fundamentals um, in, in Kundalini. So what, uh, what is the basics of breath work and what, what impact does that have on your body? Well, in Kundalini Yoga, there, is, there are very, very many breathing techniques. Um, but the, the main principle idea is that to start with, is that your breath is your the, the most direct connection you can make with yourself. Mm. I mean, you can, we always breathe, but most of the times we don't breathe consciously. We're just, mm. it just happens, you know? But when you're feeling out of touch with yourself, you're like all over the place, just bringing your awareness back to your breath and start to breathe consciously already mm. can make a huge difference. Mm. Because when you learn to work with your breath 
you will have a direct impact on your mind. Mm. If you just let it on default, your mind is on default. So if you notice that your mind is like taking you all over the place, bring your awareness back to your breath and you will start to be a become more able to observe your mind instead of being completely identified with mm. your mind. So that is one of the main reasons why working with the breath is so important and so essential. And then another very important reason of why working with the breath is so crucial is that many people, they breathe just like very small capacity of what you're mm. actually able to breathe. So you're like actually in like a constant oxygen lack. That's not completely true, of course, but we can bring in way more oxygen than most people do. We breathe, most people breathe way too shallow. And now, especially because we're all behind our laptops the whole day, we're like mm -hmm. hunching forward. Mm -hmm. So like you're only breathing here. Mm -hmm. So you're like lacking energy because besides oxygen that you bring in with the breath, the yogic belief is that you also bring in prana. Prana mm -hmm. is the life force energy mm -hmm. that is at the root of everything. Energy, ultimately matter is energy. Everything mm -hmm. is vibrating with that energy. Even things that you think are like that, just an object, yeah. it's, it's condensed energy. So we bring that prana in through the breath. So the more deeply we start to breathe, we literally bring more energy into our body. And this very practical effect can lead to start to crave less for sugary stuff. You know, if you're working behind your laptop a long time, you're just like, oh, I need some chocolate. Oh, I need some coffee. Oh, I need this. Oh, you, you, you look for things outside of yourself mm. <laughs> to mm. keep going or to raise your energy again. Mm. But if instead at these moments, we would just take a deep few really deep breaths, you would feel already that that, um, that, that longing for something external will become less. Wow. Uh, so that's two very uh, important things uh, why we work with the breath and at the other. And another very important thing I feel with Kundalini Yoga, the way it is used in Kundalini Yoga is uh, when you are really paying attention to your breath, because you need to stay in a specific rhythm or mm. whatsoever, there's not so much room to think about other stuff. Mm. So you, you train your one-pointed awareness and when, with this one-pointed awareness, you become way and way more present in the present moment. Mm. And when you're in the present moment, when you're really here, you're not so easily dragged into the past or busy with the future. You can start to really enjoy where you are right now. And ultimately, mm. we all know this is the only thing that really exists. Mm. We all know it somehow, but still we're like, was reminiscing about the past like i should have done this differently la 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 la, la. Mm -hmm. oh what should i do in the future like we're never really here mm. we're like constantly out there somewhere so mm. we start to feel homesick because mm. we're not at home mm. and your breath can bring you home love it absolutely absolutely love it and it's so true it really 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 is so that's so beautiful um, and then the second one was your uh, postures. And I understand that might be a very big thing to talk about, but maybe just the fundamentals of why you bring in certain uh, foundational postures and the impact that that has on your daily life. 
Well, uh, the way what I do now, right now, so with the online school is we we share a new practice, meaning a, a newly composed sequence with Kundalini yoga exercises, uh, tuning into the new moon. So we check what is the theme of the new moon, uh, uh, what element is attached to it, and how does that uh, how does that relate to the organs in the body? And the organs are again connected to meridians, mm. the energy channels through which the prana moves through the system. So when, when I know that. Uh, I just open my awareness to uh, my 10 years of experience. And before that, I even did a couple, many years of Hatha yoga as well. So then, uh, uh, wait it, um, uh, then exercises start to like plop into my awareness. Like, oh yeah, this one, oh, this one, for example, this we can do for the spleen uh, that works on the spleen meridian. Then we can use this mudra. We can use a breath that stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Like all these different ingredients like come to the surface. And I am very aware that, 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 that I'm able to do that because I have this experience for like 10 years of Kundalini mm -hmm. Yoga and almost 10 years of Hatha before. Wow. Um, but my, it's my personal mission uh, to find a way to learn people how to work with these tools mm. so that they too can tune in just to the energy of the moment or tune into the energy they feel in themselves or look at the new moon or the full moon and then start to recognize, okay, what are the tools that we can work with mm. and how can I tune my system to be more in harmony, to be more balanced, to be more aligned through uh, postures, through breath, mm. through mudra, through mantra, mm. because I feel they are all in, uh, tools to mm. tune our instrument. Our body is our instrument. Mm. And through the body, we make this experience here on earth and we can use our voice to tune it. We can use mudras to tune it so that we feel more aligned with the unified field that we are part of. And there is like an open communication going on and that we actually can unlock and remember all the wisdom that is inside of us. Because I realized already many, many years ago, I was like, how could it be that you like become 80 and you finally understand a lot about life and you have so much experience and then you die and then you have to start over again? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I realized already, like, I was quite young, like, nah, that's not how it works. That knowledge, that wisdom is still somewhere, and there must be a way I can tap into it and remember it much, much faster. Mm -hmm. And, there, and you know, remembering is not uh, just like it only has to come from within. Mm. remembering also happens to the, the people you meet the the books that you read or mm. the in the podcast that you listen to because mm. this wisdom is all around us and mm. when you hear it when you read it when you uh, um, yeah when you it. listen to it you it it ignites something within and from mm. that there's like a snowball effect it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger mm. and mm. uh so I, I think we need to also understand that there are many ways the, the universe is communicating with us. There's uh, so many signs everywhere. And 
uh, if we only decide, no, now it has to come all from within and you just meditate and nothing's coming, mm. maybe someone was knocking on your door and wanting to reveal, reveal a beautiful universal secret with, with you, but you didn't open the door because you thought it had to come from within. <laughs> so true. So, so true. Yeah. Absolutely love so, that. That's that's uh, maybe it sounds a bit contra contradictionary to saying that stop looking outside of yourself. But I think that the more you practice, the more you become very sensitive to the subtleties, to the mm. subtle differences, and that you start to recognize, okay, this is something that needs to be communicated with me mm. right now to reignite that wisdom in my junk DNA. <laughs> mm. Well, I really believe that it's everything's a reflection of your internal. So whether you're yeah. looking inside um, or whether you're consciously being aware of what is surrounding you and what, what that has, what impact that has on your internal. So if you are unhappy, then everything around you will be a reason to be unhappy. If you are fundamentally happy, everything around you will be a reason to be happy. If you are looking for answers and you see something that may ignite something in you, if you're consciously aware of it to say, hey, what does that actually mean to me? And what can I grow from that? What is that inspiring within myself? And that's what you're saying is you're saying, well, maybe I can see things around me that ignite something within me because it is that once again, that permanent reflection of that internal, external, um, yes. ex internal, external, what is that? Um, so that's absolutely phenomenal. And in terms of your course, um, you know, if people are really interested in wanting to uh, start up and, and uh, join, do you guys, uh, what's the process? Well, we, we offer different kinds of memberships. We have like a very basic membership where you can just do the pre-recorded videos uh, and get a taste of what Kundalini Yoga is. Mm. But if, for example, you would like to join the live streams that we have at least once a month with the new moon and we will also host other live stream sessions, uh, then you could go for the bit more uh, expanded uh, membership and, and then it's all part of, uh, you get access to all of that online. And we also offer these guided sadhanas, meaning, uh, yeah, we offer you a practice through live stream and pre-recorded videos and daily guidance through email. Because as we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, reflection is mm. super essential in mm. your yoga practice. Yoga is not just asana and and breathing and mudra mm. it's really about becoming aware of yourself and becoming aware of what you hold what you what you believe mm. and how you act upon these beliefs and are these beliefs still uh, ringing true for you or maybe we can change something there we can transform them something there so through these guided sadhanas we really go in depth into that inner exploration of how actually you create your own world mm. through what you believe and think and then and that in many variations because yes. but basically it comes down to that right and mm. like you say your the world you perceive around you is a reflection of the world you have within yourself mm. Mm. no absolutely beautiful well what i'm going to do is link um everything down below uh this podcast so anybody who's interested in that um would definitely hop on board and for myself because i've um as i was saying earlier uh, i've been involved in yoga and meditation for quite a while and um, I really am interested in Kundalini, so um, I'd be really interested to check that out and, and see what it's all about. You're most welcome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, yeah, if you have any further questions or anything you'd love to add. 
No, thank you very much for inviting me and uh, yeah, uh, giving me the chance to share on your platform. I hope it will um, reach those who are meant to hear this mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, ignite something within them to, to, uh, yeah, to realize and recognize we all have the tools and the power within us, within our reach to, to expand and to grow and to really yeah, recognize this, the beauty, the beautiful gift of being alive. Yeah. Yes, 120%. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think the more of us that stand up and be that beacon of light, the change begins with you. Each individual person is taking ownership of their life and embodying their authentic self. And the more people that embody their authentic self, we will live. Well, as soon as you start embodying your authentic self, you notice your life transform. You know, it's, it speaks for itself. And uh, it's just what a gift if everybody could experience that beauty, it's, yeah, be a very beautiful life. It is a very beautiful life. So, yeah. No, thank you so much. Well, You're have a wonderful welcome. day. You too. Bye. Bye.